0: Yo, Monkey, it's me, DDP, the king of bottom the master of the diamond cutter, the three-time, three-time, three-time world champion and CEO and founder of DDP Yoga. And you, Monkey, for you, you're listening to the Cruise Control Podcast. And that's not a bad thing, a good thing.
1: Hey, welcome to another edition of the Cruise Control Podcast here on iTunes and SoundCloud.com Here in New York City, May 3rd, 2016 And I got my man Vaughn Johnson here with me reviewing Payback and Monday Night Raw He's on Twitter at Vaughn M Johnson. He is the writer for the Squared Circle blog and podcast on phillysport.com Vaughn, what's up my man, how you doing?
0: I'm
1: doing good, man. How about you? Glad Do, to be here. Uh, doing good, man. I'm here in New York. You're, you're in Philly, so um, the weather has not been in our favor the, the last couple of days, but summer is around the corner, man.
0: All right. Uh, I hope. It's going to be springtime right now, and it's, and it's raining cats and dogs out
1: here. Yeah, man. Um. Again, Vaughn Johnson. He's on Twitter at Vaughn M. Johnson, writer for the Squared Circle blog and podcast on PhillySport.com. So I got you coming on. We're talking payback. We're talking Monday Night Raw from last night. Um, quite a few things to, to talk about. I'm going to intertwine both payback and Raw at the same time. So um, I guess All we'll right. start off with this uh, the first match that happened on payback. Was on the, the pre-show Baron Corbin, Dolph Ziggler. Um, it, it it was Baron Corbin's first, I guess, pay-per-view on with the WWE on the main roster. He loses to the to, to Dolph Ziggler. Um, did you think that Dolph was gonna walk out with the victory? I thought Corbin was gonna win that match on Sunday. I mean, it,
0: it would have made more sense to have Baron Corbin win since he's the new guy, and you wanna. Him over strong, right, in his first pay per view uh, against an established, well, you know, typically an established guy like Dolph Ziggler. So yeah, I mean, I figured that that was an easy one that Baron Corbin definitely win. But I guess in WWE's eyes, since he he lost by, via a quote-unquote rookie mistake, which I don't know if that's what you want to do, how you want to, you know, present him. But I guess in their eyes, it made sense for him to to lose in that fashion. I guess he could bounce back with the with a win later on down the line over Dolph Ziggler, but. I mean, like I said, if it was me, if it was, you know, if I was, if I had the pencil, which I do not, obviously, but if I did, Baron Corbin would have went over and it would have been, like, you know, clean cut and dry, and that
1: probably would have been moving off, and that's you unit right now. Man, Vaughn, if, if all of us had the pen and the pencil <laughs> and the paper to write what's supposed to happen at these pay-per-views at Monday Night Raw, uh, I think we'll all be watching a very different program.
0: That's certainly
1: true. <laughs> now, now with yeah, with, sure. with Corbin losing, um, fast forwarding to Monday night, and him and Corbin and Dolph Ziggler get involved in the the Battle Royal for the number one contendership for the U.S. title. Um, Corbin gets eliminated. He. Causes Ziggler to get eliminated Which I think is going to set up A extreme rules match um, Later on in the month And this is where I think Corbin will get The W over Ziggler uh, Depending on the the kind of Stipulation it'll have But I think knowing that if he lost That payback down the road In what I think three weeks He'll get the the, the W over Ziggler Right I guess that's
0: the reason why they had Ziggler win the first one, so they can have a reason to have a second match. I mean, I guess you could have easily had uh, Corbin win by some. I guess you don't want Corbin to win by cheating, and then to have him have that set up the second match. I guess you have Ziggler you know, somehow win via the, I guess like the rookie mistake, and then you have the next match. And, you know, like you said they had the interaction last night in the Battle Royal, which uh, was a Dolph eliminated him, and then uh, he helped eliminate Dolph. So, yeah, it, you know, in that sense it makes sense. But again, I would have. Probably just
1: have Corbin go over, but in, in, in the first one. But you know, again, what do I know? Now let me ask you this: Now, if they do Corbin Ziggler two at Extreme Rules, Corbin goes over. Now, now, what do you do with, with Dolph? Like he he's just stuck in this mediocre area. Um, you know, he'll he'll lose a couple, he'll win a couple, but then he'll fall back down. Um, he, he's always stuck in that Intercontinental title. Uh, picture, nowhere near the world title. Um, where do you think they they go from here with the character of Dolph Ziggler? To me, I think he needs a character change, maybe going heel, something different. But the way his character is now, it, it it could be getting a bit stale. See,
0: that's the thing. With I don't know if they really have any plans with Dolph. I mean, and the thing is that they got so many people now. They gotta they gotta try to feature them. I mean, they got. Guys that they already feature like a Roman Reigns or you know stuff like that, but they got newer guys. They got these. They got AJ Styles. They got Anderson. Dallas. They got they, you know they got this called Apollo Cruz. I mean you would I mean New Day. You know, Enzo was hurt, but they had Enzo and Cassidy. Worried about. I don't know if this would be in the roof what like Doc right now as far as being featured. He might not turn. I, mean, I think he would benefit from a heel turn. They need some heels, but again, where do you where do you fit him in that equation? I mean. It's really crowded right now in WWE's main roster. And not, I this in my podcast, which you can find at Wildfire Radio, the Street Shooters. I, I always thought that Dolph, when his contract was coming up last summer, that maybe he should have just left WWE and focused on the comedy thing because he's good at it and he could try to make a name for himself in that and then maybe come back as a as a bigger name and, you know, and have some uh, leverage with WWE. But now... It's just another guy. So I don't I don't know where they go with Dolph right. I'm not sure where they know, but they know where they're going with Dolph. And he's not no, he's not the only one in that position neither. There's a lot of guys in that position.
1: Right, right. Yeah, I mean it, it, it's him. It, it's, it's slowly becoming Dean Ambrose. Bray Wyatt has always been in that in that uh realm of mediocrity just not knowing what to do with with his character or even the Wyatt family I'm a big Bray Wyatt fan I say that just about every time I do a show on on the (laughs) wrestling and it's just I'm just hoping and praying that they just really wake up and see that the guy has potential and just not to waste that because you look back two years ago uh, he he had a a match with Daniel Bryan and he and he beat Daniel Bryan. It was like oh wow, like okay now they they might be on on to something with Bray and all of a sudden he loses to John Cena, Undertaker, Kane, and then the the ECW formation of Dudley's and Tommy Dream. And it was like what, what, like, what are we doing here? But um, like Dolph Ziggler, Bray Wyatt, and Dean Ambrose, which i get to later, are all pretty much <clears throat> very talented, but very stuck in that same position where they just don't know, um, the company does not know how to utilize them uh, to their full potential. But the second match on Payback also on the pre-show, Callisto against right back for the U.S. title. Uh, quite a few things to talk about here. Uh, Callisto, with <laughs> yeah. the victory over right back and back-to-back title defenses on a pre-show. Um, they do the Battle Royal the next night on Raw. Rusev is now the number one contender for the U.S. title, uh, which I- I'm glad and happy to see that to get back on his winning ways. Then, then the fact that Right back may be done with the company. So, um, first of all, Callisto being US champion, what are your thoughts on his title run? And do you think that him getting Rusev, I would I would assume at Extreme Rules could be the end of his title reign? Uh, first
0: of all, I think Callisto is very talented. I've always been a fan of his. I was happy when he first won the title and I was like, Why did they take it off him the next night when you just put it on him? But Unfortunately, WWE doesn't really focus on him that much. I mean, and and maybe this is a product of having too many titles. So you got two mid card titles that are pretty much on the same level. They kind of, you know, kind of equal each other out. But again, Van Kalisto, I think he's very talented. But it, I think it's time for that reign to come to an end. I mean, they had something in the beginning. Now it's definitely worn off. Uh, and I think yes, that it will come to an end at Extreme Rules with Rusev. Rusev, when he was U.S. title, U.S. champion, was 2014 and 2015, was fantastic. Until he ran into that brick wall known as John Cena, like everybody else has. Uh, But, and I think he could do great things. Hopefully, do great things for that title. It'd be great for Rusev because he is super talented, and it's good that he and Lana are finally a unit again. And he's gotten away from the Legion Nation stuff. And that, um, yeah. So that's what I think is happening as far as that. You know, Kalisto talented, but. That time has come and gone as for as your title, and hopefully, Rusev can take that
1: title and run with it again, like he did a couple of years ago. Now, right back, maybe done with the company. We don't know. There's a, a contract dispute back and forth. Uh, I think he was supposed to be on Raw in that battle royal for the U.S. title, number one contendership. He gets pulled off of TV, and um, he kind of gives uh, an explanation on, on his blog earlier today. About you know what's going on, what happened, where's he at mentally now? Um, just want to get your thoughts on that, and is and, and what's the possibility of him and and the company making amends to get a contract? Uh, you know the whole situation um, sewn up. Yeah, I found the uh,
0: the Ryback situation quite fascinating because it's like it's kind of weird how they have oh, if he, what he's saying is true you know, you don't have access to the contracts, nothing like that. But if he says that there's a winner's person, a loser's person in wrestling, that doesn't make any sense at all. Because it's a predetermined sport with predetermined outcomes. It's like if you had a movie and you script the, the hero to beat the villain, but the hero is paid more because he beat the villain. Well, that's what the script said. You know, that's not what, like, there's no winner's person, loser's person movie, so why would there be in wrestling? So. From that respect, I kind of see where it's coming from with that because that doesn't make any sense because, like you said, the losers in the match, they're helping the winners. Look, It's a a team effort in wrestling. It's not an individual. Sure, people get the individual glory, but they're working together in there. It's a a team sport. That's the only thing that people really don't know about wrestling is that people are working together in there to make each other look good. So from that respect, I mean, he has a point. Unfortunately, he's like a lot of other guys that don't really have leverage because WWE is the only place to go to really make a quality living in wrestling. So what else could he do? I mean, he could go other places and make some money, like New Japan, like maybe if he wants to go to Lucha Underground or AAA or something like that, but you got to rather not leave the country. Like, you got to go to Japan, go to Mexico, or you have to, you know, go somewhere like Lucha Underground where you're not being seen in front of as many people. So people might, you know, you're not as you're not in front of many eyeballs. You have to world wide star. But you're still making a living, still people still know who you are, but again, it's just unfortunately, because the way wrestling the landscape is, you may not have any leverage. And that's unfortunate for wrestlers. So they they can't unionize, they can't, you know, literally stand up for themselves and say, Hey, I don't like this and you know, and they get their do what they want. They just have to kinda of roll with the punches, whatever WWE tells them to do, they pretty much have to do.
1: I mean, I, I agree. And, and before we did the podcast, I had people, you know, go on Twitter and send me some questions. So since we're on the right back situation, I had um, at GNR Victor Freeze just kind of, you know, kind of like um, saying or replaying what, what you said about um, there's – he has zero leverage about where to go. Um, he's saying there's no there's – no, there will be no market for him because there's too much – Talent out there with Japan NXT and oh. um, you know they're being loaded. Ring of Honor has a lot of talent, and TNA can't afford to even exist their own company. So um just kind of like agree
0: with that. yeah, I It's a market. I mean, you can never have enough talent if you're like a New Japan or a Ring of Honor. It's just a matter of like you said, if they can afford them, if it's a workout, the legitimacy works out, but there's a market for to Look at them and, he, and he's a star. They're like Ryback right isn't a guy that people know. I mean, people know Ryback. And he has a great look, and I mean, maybe you talked to the right person because I've always kind of had a soft spot for Ryback. I thought he could, I've always thought he could be money. Maybe you have the best technical wrestler in the world, but you don't have to be the best technical wrestler in the world to sell tickets. And that's at the end of the day, what's most important. You put a guy like Ryback over in Japan, where they, you know, they go ooh and ah over big guys like him. He might be able to make some money over there. I mean, look at what Michael Elgin has done for himself in Japan, where. In the U.S. and in Canada, he was kind of, you know, just he was he was ring on the champion, but he wasn't like a huge star that was like, you know, creating a buzz. But he goes over to Japan, and he's a star over there. And he's using that strong, that strong style type of, you know, stop in the ring to where people in Japan love it. Just like they did with Vader, just like they did with Dan Hansen. They like that type of guy. So Ryback, right if there's one place he probably could make a lot of money, it's probably Japan. But that's if he wants to go halfway across the world,
1: to make that money? Oh yeah, I, I think I think right back. If he happens to leave um, the company, I, I, I'm pretty sure he'll end up somewhere. I mean, uh, I was just repeating what the the Twitter uh, right. question was, but I think right back is is very talented. Um, I you know I guess if he does leave, it'll be another person like like Wade Barrett who put in his notice um, quite a quite a while ago, and it'll be another star. That could be looking for, for work outside of the, of the WWE and then it's not the only thing in town. Like you said, Ring of Honor, New Japan. So it, it, for for the for the Wade Barrett's and for the right backs, if they're not coming back uh legit, and then I, I feel like they will end up somewhere uh pretty good and still make a name for themselves. So um we had the now now we're on the main pay per view. Tag title number one contendership, uh, void villains, Enzo and Cass. Um, it got cut short because Enzo got hurt, uh, legitly um, in the match. They had to call the match, and um, fast forward, Enzo went to, went to the hospital to get checked out. Concussion, um, got released that night. And now we're on Raw, where we're trying to figure out who is the number one number one contenders. It ends up being the Vaude Villains. They get New Day at Extreme Rules. Just want to get your thoughts on one. What's your take on the vault Villains tag team, the characters, and everything, and um, the them getting New Day at Extreme Rules, and do you think that they're gonna hold off Enzo and Cass against the New Day to maybe SummerSlam?
0: Uh, I like I, I like Simon Gotch and Aiden English as as wrestlers as guys in the ring. I think they're both talented. They, did the, they both deserve to be in the main roster. They put in a lot of work. I'm just not sure if the characters have enough depth to them that they're gonna have a lot of uh, lasting uh, power, like a lot of staying power in WWE. I mean, it's a funny gimmick, but it worked with the NXT crowd. Is it gonna work with the main crowd? I think a lot of people who don't watch NXT are gonna look at them like, what, what are these Are they like? like I said, from Vaudeville, I guess from, Baldwin, or from the 1890s, but so, like, what, why are they like that? You know, what, what makes them like that? So I think the character, just the, the gimmick, I don't know if it has a lot of staying power, but uh, I, I, I thought they were going to face a new day anyway. I thought they were going to beat Enzo and Cass with, like, some interference from the Dudley Boys, set up the Dudley Boys, the Enzo and cast moving forward. But, of course, that's not going to happen because Enzo was hurt. But, um, so I, I figured that the Vaude villains were going to get that title shot anyway. I figured that New Day was going to retain. Now, as far as Enzo and Cass versus New Day, I mean, now that's up in the air because Enzo was hurt. We don't know how long he's going to be out with that concussion. But it, let's say you know he was healthy. I don't know if they were really going to do that because they're both baby faces. I mean, it could always happens, but something tells me that Enzo and Cass and New Day weren't going. To, wasn't just, with both of them being baby faces, something tells me that that wasn't going to happen. As far as like a SummerSlam, I think maybe Anderson and Gallows sort could of have in there, maybe then the team would beat the New Day. I don't know. But, you know, with, both, with the Enzo Cats and New Day both being baby faces, something tells them that this wasn't going to happen. But I would like to happen, but it just, I don't think that they would have put it that way.
1: I mean, I think it could happen at SummerSlam, it being in Brooklyn cast being from from queens oh, yeah. new york connection um just that crowd alone uh if you have the new day and enzo and Cass in the same ring for the tag titles it could get a lot interesting uh, a, a lot of fans love new day a lot of fans love enzo and Cass. it'll just make you go down the middle of who are you in more favor of and i think SummerSlam could be the prime spot but then again it might be. I don't think. I don't think that the the Dudley's are gonna be tag champs. I don't see the Usos being tag oh. champs. And I think only can the Void Villains be. I I, I give them an outside shot. If you if I have to rank Enzo Cass, Lang, uh, um, Galloway and Anderson, and the Void Villains, Void Villains will be third, and I think Enzo and Cass will be first along with uh, Gallows and Anderson being second. But it because Gallows and Anderson are, are currently in this AJ Styles uh, ranged kind of thing, so right. I don't know if they'll get uh, pulled back from being in the tag team title uh, contention. But if they go New Day, Enzo and Cass at SummerSlam, um, I, I, I'm definitely all for it.
0: Yeah, I, I would be too. I mean, like you said, in Brooklyn too, with you know, Enzo and Cass both being uh, from New York, uh, that be. I mean, that's why I thought they were going to be on the uh, NXT card last year at Brooklyn, and they weren't even on the main card. They were on, like, the pre-show or whatever it was. So, uh, yeah, that would be – I think that would be awesome. But just now, now you know, it's, it's a matter of whether Enzo can even be cleared by that point. I mean, we don't know what the case may be with this concussion. It could be a two- or three-week thing. It could be a two- or three-month thing with this concussion. So, All hopefully, right. he can bounce back quickly so we can potentially see that. But as far as, like, a new day, I mean – They've held those titles almost a year. I mean, they they, they won this. they did a two-time chance. The second time they won them was at SummerSlam last year, and they can. I mean, I I, can, I don't see any reason why they wouldn't hold them until SummerSlam this year. That, that's probably where they lose them. But um, if you're to have them lose, which you on some day, to me, you have them lose to a team with, like that's an impactful team. I don't know the raw villains are that yet. I mean, they're they're talented. You know, I'm, I'm a fan of theirs, but. I'm not sure if they're that impactful yet. But where,
1: when they win? They seem worthy of holding those titles. Yeah, and, and to your point, if, if Enzo was not able to, you know, be cleared or wrestle by the time SummerSlam is here, then 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 that way, I see New Day maybe dropping the titles to a Gallows and and, and Anderson if it goes um, down that road. But after the tag title number one contender match, we had Sami Zayn against Kevin Owens, which to me is probably the best rivalry in wrestling right now. Um, incredible match. We know about the 14-year history, friendship, and the rivalry now. Um, what was your thoughts on the match between Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens? I thought it was
0: probably the match of the night. And and it was a great match by itself, but it was even more so considering the circumstances. I mean... That was right after Enzo had got it hurt. He, did, he gets stretched out for real. This isn't like an angle. So he was really concerned about him, and he was really banged up. And then you got to go out there and follow that. And I thought they did a really good job of not only following it, but, like, getting that crowd hot again. Everybody's worried about Enzo, rightfully so. And he went out there and had a great match. Uh, I was kind of – I didn't think that Kevin Owens would win clean like he did. He won, you know, clean as a sheet. I thought that he would kind of – Maybe you win by some nefarious means. Maybe pulling the tight or get the speed on the rope. Something simple, and uh, but that didn't happen. So, but I wasn't. I don't think it really hurt Sammy Zayn. I mean, clearly he's in the IC title picture, which has you know been great since payback. But uh, yeah, I, I thought that was like the, maybe the best match in the card.
1: Hey man, the way I, I I'm such a big Kevin Owens fan. Um, I'm glad he won because I know um, him and Zayn are gonna go back and forth from from now all the way to yeah. to the summertime, maybe even longer than that. So They're I know like
0: forever. Like that, that's, that's one thing. It's gonna last literally till they both retire. Like that's the rivalry that's
1: gonna yeah, last. Yeah, two decades. I know Sami Zane is, is is gonna get some Ws wow. over over Owens down the road, but Kevin Owens is is a very special character because knowing that the 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 timing of of how the first match ended so abruptly and now he <laughs> um he's so great on the microphone where he wants he demands a uh, uh an interview from Byron Saxon um in the middle of the ring he said, well, ask me this, ask me that, and then
0: he goes yeah, back like, and get, forth. Get on this side. This is my good side. Yeah, get on, side. <laughs>
1: get on my good side. That's not what I told you to ask me. And then he ends up <laughs> calling the next match on commentary, which was the Intercontinental Championship between Miz and Cesaro. And I think, you know, whenever Kevin Owens stops wrestling, which is far from now, if he gets on that commentator table, it's gonna be so hilarious because to me that was a that was one of the better parts of the Miz Cesaro match. The match was good, but hearing KO and saying you know whatever he was saying um, just added a, a different extra layer to the match, which the Miz won over Cesaro. Um, Sami Zayn came out, went to attack Kevin Owens. They got in They got somewhat involved in the match on the apron. Cesaro got distracted or got hit. And then Miz had the roll-up. He he wins. He's still the Intercontinental Champion. Now we fast-forward to Raw, where Shane says Cesaro and Kevin Owens are now going to fight for... To determine the number one contender for the IC title, same match we had two weeks ago on on Raw in this quote unquote new era, by the way, and but we had the same match. He
0: said that he he was rightfully deserving of a of a rematch too, and then it's like, well, he's not gonna get more rematch. Right, right. Because he he
1: never he never he never really technically technically lost the match at at WrestleMania. He never got pinned or submitted. Anyways. um... Cesaro, Kevin Owens, all of a sudden we get The Miz involved, we get Sami Zayn involved, and now I I would assume a fatal four-way for the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, No other stipulation, just I think a a fatal four-way at Extreme Rules. Uh, What's your take on The Miz being the Intercontinental Champion and and bringing in Cesaro, KO, and, and Sami Zayn into the mix and highlighting the Intercontinental Championship?
0: The Miz, his thing about The Miz is he's an interesting case because it's like he's been around for so long. He was literally at the top of the heat for you know a while there in 2011. He's, he's a former WWE champion, which is crazy to think about now. Yeah. have been the WrestleMania. But it's like they've given him chance at the chance. They gave him the title. They gave him the title five times. Like, what has he done for the title ever? Really nothing, even though he's held it so many times. I like the I think he's talented as far as the heel. Uh, he, can, he can he can do stuff in the ring. It's not like he's, he can't work, but it's like it's like I think when people see the Miz, it's like we're doing this again. Like you know, to me the Miz says look, just mid card. When you have a chance to make the IC title more than mid card, but with that said, I think this feud, him in this feud with the, with the other three guys, put the IC put the IC title back on the pedestal for some reason. Even he, like, though he's a champion, and that doesn't I don't think that really excites anyone. But this entire angle. The icy title on a pedestal again because you got obviously three proud favorites in Cesaro, Kevin Owens, and you know, Kevin Owens is the heel, but people still like him, and, and Sami Zayn. And you got the Miz, who's still very talented, and he's got Maurice, so we all like that. You know, there's nothing wrong with having Maurice around, but I'm liking this, all of this so far. I mean, yeah, I, I think that you know, it's great to have. Focus on the IC title. They're not fighting over something that doesn't mean anything. They're fighting over the IC title. And everybody wants it. They made it clear they all want it. And then Miz made it clear that it's important to him. So that's how how to make a title mean something. So I'm happy about that. And when you think about it, a lot of WWE's main programs right now, a lot of their angles are focused around titles, which is rare. You know, when you think about it, where you have the main issue between Styles and Reigns over the WWE title. You got to now. You got a feud over the U.S. title. You got a feud over the tag titles, and now you got a feud over the the women title and the I, I think title. Like all the titles are being taken care of. None of them are really being for, just forgotten and lost in in, in, the, in the abyss. So that's you know overall, I think that makes for a better product.
1: Yeah, and I, I I also feel the Miz can. Yeah, I know he's a five-time Intercontinental Champion. People may not be a fan of him in you know in the ring or the character, but at some point sometimes Miz can be a little underrated because of what he's able to do. And now you bring in Maurice, who, who adds a different element to his character, the old Hollywood thing, don't touch my face, kind of, you know, Hollywood <laughs> actor kind of thing. I mean, to me, when he was a, a, a baby face, for, I think for that short period of time, oh, you, yeah, you were just like, awful. yeah, he was like, come on, miss I mean, <laughs> you you kind of, in you kind of, you know, appreciate more the Miz being a heel than he was a face back then. And I think, you know, maybe underrated. Um, not not as much appreciated for what he does on the microphone. but he he does great microphone work. Um he he's not as bad of a wrestler. I think I think he's pretty decent. But
0: Oh, he's good. Yeah, he can definitely go in the ring. I think just from from some standpoint of people just seeing him again is like I don't really think I don't think it has anything to do with his talent. I think it's just WWE's kinda like the way they've presented people for over the last you know, decade or so, where it's just like all the 50 50 booking and you know, nobody's really that over. So it's like when you see a guy like The Miz again, it's like, oh, we're going here again. It's like, it feels like we've been here before. We've seen this episode before. And like you said, it's a new era, but here we are with The Miz again as intercontinental champion. By the way, his babyface run was awful. Like, I don't know why Terrible. they ever turned him babyface. He's Terrible. not a babyface. He's a heel in wrestling, at least. He might be a good guy in real life, but in wrestling, he's a heel.
1: Because cause my thing is this. The, the losers, whoever walks out of that match, not the Intercontinental Champion, will likely most, 95% be in the Money in the Bank match um, oh. in June. So if The Miz walks out, I, I, I'm pretty sure you'll see Zane, Kevin Owens, Cesaro in the Money in the Bank ladder match in June. Um, because at some point, if they're not going to be the Intercontinental Champion which I think is too soon for Zayn to be IC champ. I think it's too soon for Zayn to be the Money in the Bank winner. That's why it, 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 it becomes wide open for a Cesaro for a Kevin Owens to win the Money in the Bank. Because, so I don't I don't see any of those guys walking out IC champ. I think the Miz still retains for some odd reason because I think the, the, the whole Money in the Bank ladder match the following month can elevate Cesaro, can elevate Kevin Owens.
0: In their, in their prime position. But I also see it to where they can use the IC title again, which I thought they could have done from the beginning, we use the IC title to further the Owens and Zayn team because they've always kind of like one up each other. Like, you know, Kevin Sami Zayn gets called up. He gets the WWE contract first, but Kevin Owens comes in, takes his title, and gets a call-up, you know, before Sami Zayn does. And Sami Zayn comes in, calls him the Royal Rumble shot, but then he calls him the IC title at WrestleMania. So maybe they could do somewhere Maybe Sami Zayn does win the IC title, but then Kevin Owens goes over and wins the money in the bank. So he kinda of tops him again. Something like that. Maybe you could do something like that, but I can definitely see the Miz retaining and, you know, all three of the other guys moving on to the money in the bank thing. Even the IC title fine.
1: Then we had Dean Ambrose and uh Y two J, Chris Jericho, um thought this was a uh, a decent match. Um it looks like a rematch is on the horizon with, between both of them at Extreme Rules. Um, what are your thoughts on the match and the and the thoughts overall about the current character direction you see going on with Dean Ambrose? And do you think he'll be stuck in this kind of mediocre area? Do you feel like um, he, he should be somewhere near the world title picture? I uh,
0: thought the match was good. They didn't really like knock my socks off or anything like that. But it was a good match and I, I enjoyed it. I thought that, you know, Dean Ambrose should have won, he needed to win. So that was good. The, the right I thought the right outcome uh, happened. Yeah. And as far as um Dean Ambrose, I mean he's I have I've always been a fan of Dean Ambrose. I think he's very talented. I don't to me he's not quite menacing enough for me as a character, if he's supposed to be this lunatic. True. Be a little more menacing and not quite as humorous. Because he could could be menacing and still be kind of funny. Like, Steve Austin was like a menacing guy where, you know, when he came out, stuff went down. You know what I'm saying? You weren't laughing when Steve Austin came out. But there were things that he did that still made you laugh. Even though he wasn't joking, he wasn't trying to be funny, he just so happened to be funny. And I think that's what Dean Ambrose can do. He's he's being scripted to be funny too much when it, it, it doesn't have to be that way. When he's talking about Mitch the plant, you know, that is funny. I like the potted plant thing, but it's, for him,
1: if he's a little more menacing, he doesn't need a potted plant to be funny. So, 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 yeah, do you feel like maybe his comedic stuff happens to be too, too silly, too corny, too to the point where, like, all right, you're supposed to be this lunatic, as supposed to be, you know, creating all kind of havoc. But sometimes when you do your Ambrose Asylum and your other things, you're just you're, you're coming across too too funny too too comedic
0: right yeah thats what, that's what that's what exactly I mean it's like you know he's supposed to be the lunatic, like he, he would be much more effective as like this like' this menacing real lunatic where he's just like you said raising hell instead he's got a talk show with a potted plant that he calls Mitch which is funny like don't get me wrong I laughed and I was like oh no they you know Jericho killed Mitch and no you know. He killed Francesca, and now he kills Mitch Sue, and it's like why Jericho? Why? But I play along, but at the same time, it's like he could be probably doing more and being more effective with the Ambrose if he wasn't quite as humorous. Again, it's not—I don't know if it's him. I think he'd probably take it, make it a darker character if you let him just, you know, have at it. But again, he's probably being bound by the constraints of WWE and what they want him to do instead of what he instead of what he wants to do. So who, who knows what's going on. But I think that, that that would definitely help Dean Ambrose become a bigger star. He, he's, still, he's still a very popular guy. I mean, people go crazy for him when he's in his, his big matches and he almost wins and he always comes up short, which I don't, I don't think helps him when he comes up short in so many big matches. But, you know, if he's over, he's over. So, you know, we can't complain too much.
1: Now, I know we're jumping ahead, but if you had to pick out of maybe Dean Ambrose. Uh, Kevin Owens, Cesaro f- f- For right now Who you would want to win The Money in the Bank briefcase Who do you think Out of those three Not not saying deserves it more But who do you think can utilize that the most I mean if you want to throw in Bray Wyatt If he's back healthy You could throw him in there But let's just have Ambrose KO, Bray and Cesaro Who do you think um, Needs that Money in the Bank contract the most
0: well, I mean, as far as the need, I mean, it wasn't. I think Dean Ambrose needs as many big wins as possible. And I think a money in the bank would be that. But is it he since he's a baby face? The money in the bank isn't really like a baby face thing, like, especially the way they've utilized. You know, rarely does a, does a guy win it and he cashes in ahead of time. Like, he gives people fair warning. So I don't see a Dean Ambrose doing that. I think if you want to get the most out of that and if you want to put it on a heel, the main guy to put it on would be Kevin Owens. I think he could do wonders for that. He actually like kind of revitalize it. The is I don't think he did any favors for the money in the bank last
1: year. No favors.
0: <laughs> like, no. <laughs> and nobody wanted him to see him, see him as champion. It's like what? Shameless of all people. But I think Kevin Owens. That I think he could you know bring it back up to on the pedestal again, bring it you know revitalize it and make it mean something again. Because like you said, is kind of like, killed it last year. Hey, you know
1: what? I'm, I'm just trying to think back. The last, I'm not sure about the last three. But I know the last two Money in the Bank winners were Seth Rollins and Sheamus. But I'm trying to see who was before Seth. I, I think it could have been Cena. Uh, I could be wrong. Was,
0: yeah, I ooh, it would was, that was, that was
1: 2013. I think Damian Sandow had it, and they ruined that with him. No, I think Sandow was before, <clears throat> I think, 2011-12, something like that. I, I, I'm
0: thinking yeah, he had, John Cena. He had it at some point. I think it was, I, I, I'm almost... I certain in 2013,
1: that was in Philly, and he wanted it, yeah, and he pushed Cody Rhodes off the ladder. No, you, 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 you know who it was? It, it was, uh, oh my God, oh my God, it, it was Randy Orton. Randy Orton, he's yeah, the one that did the cash in. That was in.
0: back when they had,
1: that's back when they still had two, though. Yeah, Orton did, uh, right. he won in, in in 13, and that's when he cashed in on Brian, Daniel Bryan at SummerSlam 2013, and then right. Seth won it. So basically... I guess you say two out of the last three were heels. Orton orden wasn't a heel when he wanted. He just happened happened to turn heel. But I kind of get what you're saying that the money in the bank has to have, you know, be in the hands of a heel that can come out at, at any time, uh, whether you're ready or not, well, and to cash in.
0: I mean, unless a babyface takes it, he wins it, and he gives a fair warning and says, "Hey, right. I'm a cash in on this day," which never happens because they usually had the baby. Even the babyfaces cash in out of nowhere, which isn't really a babyface thing. I mean. Literally, see a punk turn heel back in 09 because he turned it, he should cash it in without giving anybody fair warning. So that's what turned him heel. So, you know, to me, if you have a baby face to win, he probably should, you know, probably do the thing, the honorable thing and say, hey, I'm going like, like Rob Van Damme did when he said, I'm going to cash in that, you know, one night stand. But most of, everybody else says, oh, I'm cashing in right now, right here, right now, let's get it, let's get it going, so... Yeah, I th- I guess it depends. When Dolph did it, people
1: loved it, So <laughs> I th- I think it was I think it was only Rob Van Dam and I think Cena did it he had, Oh yeah, you're right. On Raw. He gave Punk like a one week. He said next week I'm cashing in and he lost. But yeah, uh, yeah Rob like, Van Dam. 100% correct. So um I mean the money to bank should be interesting. Uh if they put Cesaro, KO, Ambrose and a Bray Wyatt, you're looking at a uh, ready for dominant people now. I I saw this on Twitter last night. I don't remember who wrote it, so I'm not gonna take all the credit. But it, it was a very interesting question. It was it was uh, I'm I'm paraphrasing that the Money in the Bank can it also be a women's division Money in the Bank ladder match to determine you know not determine but get a a Money in the Bank ladder match for the the woman as opposed to just the men.
0: Yeah. Um I think that could definitely happen. I mean, I don't see why not. If they really want to push this you know, this quote unquote I guess it won't be Diva's revolution, but this woman is evolution as they're calling it now. Or this new era. the <laughs> up- case or something like that.
1: I mean yeah i mean if they if they want to do something different in this quote unquote new era we've never seen a money- a money in the bank ladder match dedicated for the women's division wow. um it's always been for the guys, so if they really want to flip things around something like that now, can they get what six, seven eight, eight females to go up in that ladder and do it yeah, I mean, it's something different. So, I, I'm yeah, with
0: it. I, and I think, you know, they, they usually have two ladder matches That Money in the Bank. I mean, they'll actually they have it for the title and the, and the briefcase, but, you know, with only one title, how many times can you have a ladder match for the title? So, you can do it where you have one for the briefcase for the men, and you have one for the briefcase for the women. I think that could definitely... Have, I, I'll, I'll be in favor of it. Would, it. would the match quality be up to par, though, with what people usually see with ladder matches? Because... Yeah, the guys they jump off and take all those bumps mm-hmm. and do all that trade stuff, but the women they don't have to really have ladder matches. So you know, would they be? You know, would you want them falling off ladders and stuff like that? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess just had to, I had to see it first, and, and I'm open to it. I'm, I'm not saying it couldn't happen, and I've seen the women's ladder matches before. I just don't know if the women in WWE who don't ever do ladder matches you know would
1: they would they want them to do it you know i i say go for it but this is again, this is WWE so <clears throat> yeah we we'll, we'll never know um speaking speaking of the, of the women's title we had Charlotte against Natalia at payback um i guess you kind of had this Montreal screw job going on even even 20 19 20 years later it, it's still in the minds of the people backstage and that they think it's still cool and relevant to just screw somebody using the referee and saying they submitted when they, they were nowhere near submitting knowing that Bret Hart is at ringside. it was just like, I mean, can we kind of go away from all this screw job kind of thing let, let the match play out the way it's supposed to be. But you know, they want to prolong the storyline. Hey, be my guest. And that's exactly what they did on raw where Stephanie told Charlotte and, and Ric Flair that, there will be a rematch between Charlotte and Natalia for the women's title, and Ric Flair is banned from ringside, and it'll be in a submission match. Um, I'm in favor of Charlotte, the, the heel character. I think it's been great once she made that turn. Um, it is eventually going to be her and Sasha down the road. We just don't know when. So if do you think that Natalia can... Somehow, knowing that Flair is not at ringside, can somehow—I guess you want to say—pull off the pull off the upset and defeat Charlotte. Only for Charlotte to get it back, maybe like a month later or the next night on Raw. Do you think Charlotte's reign will be um, interrupted by Natalia at Extreme Rules?
0: Uh, under usual circumstances, I would bet against her reign coming to an end. But the way they built this match, a babyface should come out on top in the end, right? I mean. Everything is, you know, they, they've gone through Ric Flair interfering. Now they had the screw job. Now they have a submission match. So you would think that the baby would come out on top. Yeah. But do you want that? Which, you know, do you want it in Charlotte's reign? Give it to Natalia. No. I don't know. But I will say this. I, I was a fan. I, actually, maybe I'm in the minority, but I was a fan of that finish at Payback. I don't know. Maybe because I know it's the, the, the screw job finish has been done over the years, and it's not creative because it's been done before. But it kind of made sense given the fact that they have Little Nature in the ring. They have Charles Robertson in the ring. And he's the guy to do it. Not it, They paid him off. They didn't pay off some, of the other, guy, one, some other referee. They paid him off. And then he did it. I thought it was hilarious. And here's the thing about that type of finish is that it tells people that the title means something to that heel. Where A heel wouldn't do that unless the title didn't mean something to him. That he, would, that the, he or she would pay off a referee to help screw over the baby face. and to me, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you know I have a warped sense of, you know, you know, reality. But to me, that tells me that the title means a lot to that to, to that person, and it actually increases the value of the title in my eyes. Because the thing about when when back in '97, Vince did it. He did it because he wanted to keep the title in WWE. He was afraid that Bret Hart was going to go in WWE with the title. So clearly, the title meant a lot to this man. And it clearly meant something in storyline, obviously, to Charlotte. And, and I, thought it was, I thought it was funny that they had the little names to it, which had Charles Robinson. And he actually, actually showed footage from the time he wrestled with Ric Flair in WCW on the Raw last slamboree. night. Slambery. That's, me,
1: that's <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, Slambury, all the way from 1999. Yeah, I mean, I mean. <laughs> that's, that's hilarious. That was a well, long time ago. <laughs> you know what's so funny? When you say... Slamboree, nineteen ninety nine. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how old you are, Vaughn, but I, I was like, man, I I'm, I pretty much saw that live on pay per view. So I was like, <laughs> damn, ninety nine, seventeen, what, like seventeen years ago. Like, Jesus. Yeah, I
0: was Christ. like, I was
1: like ten back then. In nine in, in ninety nine, I was sixteen years old. So I, I was I have a couple more couple more years on you, bro.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I remember like like you do. Like I remember all that stuff too. And it just, it's, it's, to me that was the lot. Like of all the things they could take from WCW, they don't take like war games. They don't take like maybe a cool pay per view name like Halloween Havoc. Exactly. They take they take Charles Robinson and Little Nate, and they bring that back to life. Like <laughs> what? Like of all the things you could
1: take. And, and then, and then when you do, and then and then when you do take a, a pay per view, you take Great American Bash. I, mean, I, I like. I mean, I like the I like the Bash, but I'm like, uh, can we get Bash at the beach? Can we get? Uh, I, I know, I know they won't take Starcade, but like Bash at the beach and um,
0: I'm, I'm, Halloween F- Havoc, Halloween Havoc, hey, the That's War Games. Awesome. Like, I don't know. Give me Starcade instead of Survivor Series. Give the Survivor Series. Nobody cares about Survivor Series anymore. 5th Starcade November, where it was during the NWA, because it's always, like, around Thanksgiving. So, in the Survivor Series, given the Starcade, you know, obviously it's not going to be the biggest pay per view of the year like it was in the NWA, WCW, but make it the third best view. I mean, who cares? It's, people will buy into the Starcade more than the Survivor Series, but we digress.
1: I mean, I, I won't go into a whole WCW thing right now, but, I you know, <laughs> j- just to give their, their due, they had a lot of... Uh, good pay-per-views and a uh, good pay-per-view names and, and I was like man like why why is this called you know whatever and then but they got super brawl and they got bash at the beach and they got uncensored and they got get, you know don't
0: get me started on the how bad <laughs> the wwe pay-per-view names are today cuz they're <laughs> awful like payback is a terrible name for pay-per-
1: Oh, uh, payback, your bat- payback battleground. I know uh, I'm okay. missing something. And I'm like, yo, come on, man, For all that. Bring King of the Ring back. Bring in your house back. Don't don't give me payback in yeah. battleground and, and nothing really happens.
0: Give me backlash. Don't give me, what's it called? TLC is not even creative. Like just TLC or Hell in a Cell. Like it's not even creative names.
1: Oh yeah. Now when I it comes to those, when it comes to those gimmick matches being a full pay per view, those gotta go. Your Money in the Bank, your Hell in the Cell, your TLC. I mean TLC are, are you know it's better than than those, but keep TLC. But my thing, like you said, backlash, um, Judgment Day, No Way Out. I mean, yeah, Rumble, Survivor, Summerslam, WrestleMania. So that's seven already. Um, <laughs> man, I'm, I'm you know bring back King of the Ring. Oh my God, I'm forgetting. Yeah, we, I, I, you know, Armageddon. Like WWE2K. Like so yeah, because they had. Yeah, they, they should bring it back. At one point, they had the ultimate lineup, the ultimate 12-month pay-per-view lineup that that, that never changed for, for so long. Your, yep. your, your Mania, Rumble, SummerSlam, Survivor were always a four. Then you had your King of the Ring. That's five. You had your, your No Way Out, your Backlash, your Judgment yep. Day. Was and
0: you knew it by the month too. I always do backlashes after WrestleMania. Right. Armageddon was in December. Armageddon. Unforgiven was, what, was se- September. Unforgiven. Lord, it was July. Like I just knew it. Like it was just like, oh yeah, you know.
1: Yeah. Like, n- you, now, now we're stuck with Roadblock and 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 <laughs> and Payback and Battleground. Yeah, we're stuck with the very generic pay per view names. Yeah. Thanks, PG. So hopefully in the new era we can get some better names. But um but to me they, they I know they did King of the Ring last year, you know, network special, but uh, if they bring it back, I mean, that'll be that'll be something cool just because that's that was one of my, you know, all-time favorite pay-per-views outside of the big 4. It, it was the big 5, but King of the Ring yeah. um it does give an incentive to, you know, newer, up-and-coming guys. But if they do it right this year, I know um, Barrett won last year against Neville, but to me they should bring it back, and but it should be better than what it was. Um, yeah, that's the thing
0: year. about that. Like, if they, even if they do do it, they they got to capitalize on it. So, it's like, if you're not going to really, like, make it mean something, then don't do it. Like, I'd rather them not do it, they're not going to make it mean something. Because, like you said, with Barrett, it's just like he won – and he started wearing a crown, and that was it. And then he was like a, he was like another V-card after that. He was going 50-50 booking every week. So he didn't even get like a, a title shot. He didn't win a title. It was just like he's king of the ring, and that's
1: it. I mean, you know what's so funny, and, and this, this this is how detailed I get with it? If you saw Roadblock, I, the way the, the layout was for Roadblock, with the, the, the whole dim light and the different entrance, it's like man, now this looks like a pay per view from like the oh. mid, late, early, you know, nineties, early two thousands. It's looked, it looks like a real pay per view. Any pay per view you get now has the has the same Raw and SmackDown stage.
0: Dude, I can go all day about that too. Like that's another thing that really like I just missed it's like the unique setups for the pay per views. Like. Now, like you said, now they all look exactly the same. The only one that looks different is WrestleMania.
1: Right.
0: And that's cool, but, like, damn, you can't do something different for SummerSlam. Like, maybe Art, maybe... On the
1: Royal Rumble? What? Jesus.
0: Right. Like, I don't care about, you know, Hell in a Cell or, or Payback or Extreme Rules. Like, okay, that's... I can see that. And I know it costs money for those unique sets, but it just it gives it a different feel. It makes it feel like we're paying what we're paying for. We're getting something... You know, we're getting our money's worth. Part of, the, part of the reason why we watch WrestleMania every, every year is because of the... Of the unique look of it. A guy paid money to see what the stage is going to look like, what the setup is going to be. And they should at least do it for SummerSlam and the Royal Rumble, too. You know, if you're not going to do it for every single one, see me something different for SummerSlam. Just tweak it. You don't have to make a radical change, even, just make it look somewhat different. Like, except for Roadblock, and the only reason why it was something like that for Roadblock was because it was a house show. It wasn't even a televised event, technically.
1: But still, the, a- the house show looks better, has a better setup than... Royal Rumble.
0: Yeah, you're right. I'm, I, I agree. You got to do something. You at least the like, NXT, they tweak it. They, yeah. Like, do a radical thing. They tweak the for TakeOver. It does not look exactly the same like it does at Full sale. Maybe they can't replicate it because they're in different buildings, but still, they tweak it. It looks different. There's a, there's a tweak here, and they don't do a radical change. W J B, they just don't even do that. It's, it's, it's a little disheartening. It's just like, man, I, I want to, part of the allure of, of the pay-per-view, used to be was the set like the backlash and the swinging hooks like that was awesome the Swinging hooks was like the best stage they had or like they had like armageddon had like the the, the car set up like the messed up cars or the tank and like they like right. different things they would do for the different set was what made this made you part of the what i remember about those pay-per-views like i can name a pay-per-view i can remember the set like i said backlash the swinging hook structure like that was awesome like that's part of the allure
1: yeah, man, we don't we don't get that no more. So we we just you know, I guess we're spoiled with the old old school throwback, pay-per-views. But um, two two quick points before uh, we wrap it up. Um, Shane McMahon, Stephanie, um, are both running raw according to Vince McMahon. Now uh, he couldn't make up his mind. He wants them to go at it either you know either be on the same side or, you know, go at it have have their differences and um. We are in this quote-unquote new era, so we got. I guess you say two um, raw GMs with both Shane and Stephanie. Um, what are your thoughts on both Shane and Stephanie running raw? Does it matter? Um, does it really? Does it really make a big difference? Or do you think eventually we'll see something new in this new era of the WWE? <laughs>
0: So far, we haven't seen anything new, but not not radically new at least. But I mean, I kind of, I don't know if it really makes a difference as far as what we'll see as far as the product, having them both run raw, other than more McMahon melodrama. Because that's not really new either. That's what we've had for like almost 20 years as well. So, I mean, I know a lot of people thought the brand split was happening. And to me, there was no really this was solely created to create like a conflict. At the top of the heat, and a brand split wouldn't have been no conflict. It's just been separated. So, uh, to me, yeah, it's not really nothing new. It's just something that has some to keep the McMahon's involved when they don't really have to be involved, and uh, that's it. That's all. really for. it's just a way to keep the McMahon's on TV.
1: So, so when you hear "new era," what 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 quickly pops up into your head? Like "new era"? Do you mean new era of wrestling? New era of how we deliver? The pay-per-views new era of whatever. Like to so you, what is there? What is the WWE's new era? Can you can you somehow uh, define that?
0: I no, I can't actually. I don't think WWE can define that. It's like that, that kind of came out of nowhere. Just like a new era. Like why? Like why is this a new era as opposed to what happened before WrestleMania? Uh, so yeah, I don't know what they mean by it. I mean, maybe they just talking about the fact that there's no authority around, like the, the authority as a fashion isn't around. So maybe that's a new era because you don't have Triple H and Steph walking around every week cutting 20-minute promos at the beginning of the show. Maybe that's a new era. But other than that, there's really nothing new other than you got some new faces around, you know, that weren't there six months ago. But in all actuality, it's really from what I see on the surface. Now, I mean, I mean, in some ways, I guess it is, because you, you do have, I mean, think about this for a second, like, you do have, like, three of the, like, the eight members of the Bullet Club on TV in a feature spot, which that, that's hella new, you know, that's that's something that we didn't see coming six months ago, when you had AJ Styles, Anderson, and Gallows, but they're just, they're part of the show like everybody else, so I don't really know what's super new, but, you know, that's just some, you know, some more WWE branding talk that they do, and that's what they do, you know. They, they they put a lot of branding out there, and you know, and and, and corporate speaking. I guess this is just another one of those types of things.
1: I mean, from from that standpoint, I do get the new era when you say you you know there is a lot of younger talent um, on the roster. You're not always seeing the same the same old guard of Big Show, Kane, Undertaker. You know, yeah. you know. I know when John Cena comes back, he'll be back in the fold, but you know post-WrestleMania, you're seeing Baron Corbin, Apollo Crews, Enzo, Kaz, Vaude Villains. you're seeing Sami Zayn, um, AJ Styles, The Bullet Club. I, I, I just gave you 10 names that you've been seeing prominent on TV for the past four weeks. Um, if, if that's the new era, then then I'm all for it because I'm, I, I don't want to see Kane. I don't want to see Big Show. I don't want to see... I mean, Taker's a legend, but Taker's fifty something years old, you know. I mean, Brock Lesnar. I'm always down to see Brock Lesnar, but he he fights five times a year, and you know we're gonna get Cena, Orton, Seth Rollins back. That roster is is loaded as it is, and you bring those yeah. three back into the fold. If that's your new era, okay, I get it. But don't tell me don't tell me it's a new era, and you start off Raw with. With Stephanie McMahon, like okay, we we've been seeing that we've been seeing that since since twenty thirteen. Yeah,
0: and, and on TV for fifteen years total. Like she's been on TV since like ninety nine. So.
1: Oh yeah, she, she's she's a fifteen year vet on TV, <laughs> Stephanie McMahon.
0: Right, right. So, and even when they bring guys like Undertaker and Brock in, they don't really work with a lot of the younger guys. Like it doesn't right. feel new when you have Undertaker versus Shane as a main event match, when you have Undertaker versus Brock as the main event of SummerSlam. So they can bring those guys back, but don't put them right at the top of the card. Like, I saw, like, a, you know, a quote-unquote report that said that the main event for next year's WrestleMania is probably going to be, like, Brock versus Brock or Undertaker versus Cena. They're like, that's not new. Those are all guys we've seen hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. So, yeah, a new era, but you, when those big-name stars come back, these newer guys are going to be, third at best, third from the top still. Which is the way it's always been, you know. It's not like we got Rock versus, let's say, just to the argument sake, Rock versus Kevin Owens, and Kevin Owens wins, which would never happen probably, but that would be something new. Where well, you have Cena versus Sami Zayn, and Sami Zayn wins, you know, something like like we have we actually not only put these guys in big matches, but you have them go over it because guess what, wins and losses actually do matter. Yeah. And apparently, they matter to the people doing pay roll in WWE too, according to Ryback because there's the winner's and the loser's purse, even. So, yeah, you, you know, that's a, that would be new if they start mixing in these guys, these newer guys, not even young guys. These guys really aren't really young. Most of them are in their early, early, mid-30s. These newer guys. And mix them in with the, the, the legends, like a Rock or a or, or Cena, who is a legend right now, or Orton, or Undertaker, or Brock. And mix them in with an AJ Styles. Mix them in with a Finn Balor, if he eventually finally gets called up at some point, mix Triple H in with Dean Ambrose, and not just have him beat Dean Ambrose. Because that's not, you know, people say, oh, he got a match with Triple H, that's putting him over. But he got to win. That you got to win to get over still in the wrestling. That still counts something. You know, Steve Austin could have had a million matches with Hulk Hogan if he didn't win any, any of them. It wouldn't matter. He had to, he had to beat Hulk Hogan, right? Yeah. Uh, but you got to mingle, these, mix these guys in, and eventually put these guys over. That these are. This is a new generation. And that's what the older guys are supposed to do. Not just work with each other and create these dream matches. That yeah, that's cool on like in your mind, you know, but what does it really do for the for moving forward for the business? Not much except saying, Hey, watch Raw for three hours and watch these guys that you really don't know or care about for the next three hours.
1: Uh, two quick points, real quick. Twitter question from Jonathan. Do you think the whole emphasis on this being a new era, which we've been talking about, w- within the company is now being overused and getting boring?
0: Uh, it could get to that point. They did it with the Divas Revolution last summer. They were just it was like getting another corporate branding speak, and they were just like the big WWE knows how to drop stuff into the ground. And they'll do it
1: with the new era thing, too. So, yeah, if, it, if it's not to that point yet, it'll get to that point a little soon. Now, real quick, I think if if you did not notice, you might have to go back to the very beginning of Payback, you know, but this whole new era thing. Now it says in the opening credit, it said, you know, the whole Payback logo and everything. Then right after that, or right, right before that, it says the first pay-per-view in the new era. I'm like... <laughs> okay <laughs> like what do you like really payback is the first new like do you have to write a graphic for that like you've been saying it for, right. for quite a while now you now have to read it the first pay-per-view in the new era oh,
0: that's what i'm saying like okay, WWE, knows, WWE knows how to drive it down your throat that yeah they want you to know they'll not only like tell you they'll just literally put up a sign that says WWE network is nine ninety nine. Like like they'll literally drive it down your throat. So yeah, it'll it'll happen. It'll probably happen again. They'll say much they'll say extreme rules. It's the second pay-per-view of a new era.
1: So oh, yeah. <laughs> um we did have the world title match, Roman Reigns, AJ Styles. Um just to kind of go through this real quick, uh, Roman Reigns. Uh, did defeat AJ Styles. Um, there were there were two stoppages. AJ um, or oh, Reigns got disqualified. Uh, the second time, and then he got counted out. The first time, Shane comes out says restarted. Stephanie comes out says restart the match. Um, Bullet Club interferes. So do the Usos. Reigns jumps on everybody, except AJ Styles. If you if you ain't peep him in the corner and in, in, in the crowd. Which that you know that didn't make sense, and then ultimately, um, AJ does this this no pun intended this, this phenomenal move, and I thought it was over. I really thought he was gonna win, and then Reigns yeah. does the whole Cena you know super Cena kick out and bing bang boom he spears him, and then boom Reigns defeats AJ Styles. And then we get to Raw last night, um, six man tag match with you know Styles and. Gallows and Anderson against Reigns and the Usos. AJ Styles and his team gets the victory, but he did not want to hit Reigns in the head with a steel chair. And then they, him and him and Reigns, go at it. Bottom line, man, I, I'm in favor of this whole Styles Reigns storyline. Um, it's gonna get better um, because I know looming in the background is Finn Balor. Because if Styles continues to um, not be in agreement with Gallows and Anderson, it'll force them to take Styles out, and kind of get this new leader involved, Finn Balor for the Balor Club. What's your overall take with Rain Styles, and Gallows and Anderson?
0: I agree, man. I like. I I, I don't think there's really much I don't like about this so far. I mean, maybe some some people might have an issue with the way Reigns kind of destroy Styles on Raw, but I think Styles can get back at him maybe the next week, and I know that's like 50-50 kind of like booking or whatever, but, you know, this is the kind of view between we were supposed to be evenly matched guys, so you had them go back and forth a little bit, but, yeah, I like it. I'm, I'm digging it so far, and like you said, there's bigger things happening here. It's not like, I think people get caught up in a vacuum too much, and they get, they, they got to either pass or fail what they see right in the mirror in real time without thinking like, maybe there's something more to this. And I think there is. Especially like you said, we got Finn Balor looming somewhere out there in the in the distance and, and potentially getting involved in this. So yeah, I mean, I'm just letting it play out first but before I really give my full assessment on it. But for right now, from what I've seen so far and the way has played out, I, I like it, you know.
1: Yeah, I like it. I think it 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 is continuing to, you know evolve the character of Roman Reigns, whether he's a heel, a, a babyface, or semi heel, or have heel-like actions, um, him with the Usos are now finally coming to his aid. Cause back, back, you know, back then, Reigns would get beat up, and Ambrose won't help him, and Usos won't help them, and uh, and Reigns would always help them when they were in trouble. But I think, you know, in large part, the rematch at Extreme Rules. Um, they did say it's going to be an Extreme Rules match. I, I would have thought it would have been a cage match to keep everybody out. But we'll see how that plays out. And Again, I, I think Reigns is going to walk out as champion. Um, would I be shocked if AJ wins? No. But it just depends on how everything is. But I think the main thing is him keep denying Gallo and innocent to, to do certain things that he doesn't want to do. They're gonna be like, forget this. We we want somebody who's gonna do the job. Get rid of him, and then somehow Balor has to come up. I think it, I think it's long overdue. I hope they do it right. Um, I think it has to be soon. So then you get your Balor and AJ Styles feud going on, and then it just it just remains to be seen who they pair up Roman Reigns with next. Right, right,
0: and I, I think I think for the most part. Roman Reigns is going to remain mostly a babyface because you know, every character has a bottom line at the end of the day. I mean, You say guys are tweeners and whatnot, but the only real tweener I've ever seen that's like a legit tweener that actually worked with maybe Bret Hart in 97, where he was like hated in the U.S., but over in Canada. But at the end of the day, most people are a hero or a babyface. And I think at the end of the day, Roman Reigns is going to be mostly, you know, for the most part, a babyface. But when it comes to Balor, joining the Balor Club, or creating a Balor Club potentially and. And having Luke Gallows and Anderson turn on AJ. It's just, I think all of that would be good. It's just, when you come to Finn Balor, he's been a babyface his entire run in WWE. And people like him. They're going to continue to like him. And people like that demon character. And that demon character is money. Because you can sell all kinds of merch with that. So, even if he comes up as a heel and he forms a heel stable, how long is he going to be a legit heel? Because, as I said, that guy's money. He's, he's selling merch now. He's not even on the main roster. I see a lot of Battle Club shirts running around when I go to these shows. So, you know, it, it, that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out Once, if he does eventually come up as a member of the Battle Club and creates it as a heel, or, you know, whatever. So it's, I'm looking forward to what's next. I don't, I don't know that much. There's a lot of entries around this. And, I'm, you know, there's a lot of entries around the main event scene for the first time in a very long time. And that's, that's good. And it's good that we don't necessarily know what's happening next. And it's not just for the sake of being unpredictable. It's actually like a good story being play, that's playing out before us.
1: Right. And, and the bottom line is the better, the more that we don't know what's coming up next, the better because... We all know how wrestling fans can be. Oh, I, I read somewhere online. I know what's gonna happen on Raw. I, I know this guy's gonna come up and debut. This guy's gonna lose. At some point, you, you, you give you give that fan a look like, like, dude, shut up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, right. like, stop. You really don't know everything. I just can't wait for you to be proven wrong. But, you know, this whole Balor thing and Styles and Reigns, it again, it, it's something new. It's something new for the fans to see and get that intrigue of when Balor is going to debut and you just don't know if he's going to be a good guy or a bad guy. If he's a good guy, so be it. If he's a bad guy, so be it. I'm still watching him because right. I'm a fan of his, um, Him with him being down at, at NXT. But um, uh, as long as they do it right, when well, he's a right. bad guy, Own good guy, do it do it right. Don't do it corny. Don't don't make him do something that he ain't supposed to do or that he hasn't, you know, been comfortable doing. You know what he can and cannot do. Let's not put him out of, you know, his, his comfort zone and make the storyline, whether it's with Reigns, if it's with Styles, with anybody else. Let's get it popping and make sure that he, we, we do him right. because yeah, I mean, he's
0: probably the most important call-up they'll ever have in NXT. Like, he is. As, as much as, as Kevin Owens is talented and Sami Zayn is talented, from the moment he got to NXT, it was like he's going to be money on the main roster whenever they move him up with that demon character, but they got to do it right. And, it, and yeah. it's like almost two years. It's like you got to make sure that this is on point. You cannot mess this up because if you do, you just squander like millions, maybe millions of dollars. So, yeah, yeah, he's – Probably, like, the, like, I don't think he's a chronicle son. and He's, he's, he's going to be the future face because that's probably still going to take for rain. But he, as a call-up of his debut and his introduction to the mainstream, is so important. Like, it this feels so important, more important than almost anybody that called up in the last two or three years.
1: And, and real quick, just on character alone, if, if he was, whether good or bad, up against the character of Bray Wyatt and the Wyatt family, like that, you know, rivalry could be could be good, um, cool too. Because he got the whole de- like like you said, the whole demon thing going on. Bray Wyatt got this whole country, you know, thing going on. Um, I don't know if Bray's gonna come back tweener because before he got hurt, he tag team with Reigns and you know, the fans were kind of cheering him on. So with the green, yeah. got the hot tag yeah, and everything. Yeah, <laughs> Bray Wyatt got a hot tag in 2016. It's crazy. But now we don't know what he's going to be when he comes back, but a baller of Bray Wyatt down the road, I um, mean, character-wise, um, I don't see why not. Yeah, as long as Bray Wyatt's
0: not like, Store superpowers, I'm good. As long as you're not, like, bringing lightning down from the sky, I'm all right. Lightning
1: down, a chair in the rain, doing some some hologram stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it gets to be a little <laughs> overboard, but um, yeah, Vaughn, great uh, talking to you about Raw and Payback and you know Money in the Bank and, and all that good stuff. Before I do let you go, just let the, the podcast listeners. Um, Hear about where they can find you on Twitter, where they can find your work, your podcast, your, the, the Philly com, all that good stuff.
0: Yeah, uh, at Twitter, at Von M. Johnson, like you said earlier, uh, at Philly on Philly.com, on the Square Circle blog on Philly.com, down here in Philly. Uh, we got a big, great wrestling scene down here, and I try to capture that with a lot of good, unique stories about you know the Philly wrestling scene and, then, of course, WWE and whatnot. But uh, we got a lot of good stuff going on down here in Philly. So, Philly.com search the square circle blog and you should be able to find it and uh, yes podcast me and my guy Nick McCone works at philly voice dot com uh, he's at, uh, at at straight shooters at shooters radio I should say on Twitter you can catch our podcast we might hear might see, get a guess in the future from my guy here uh, Mr. Cruz we might be on the straight Shooters at some point that's on right. WildRadio. dot com
1: that's right hey man real quick you're in Philly how, how, how bad do you miss DCW
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, you know it's, it's, it's crazy how like how that become like so synonymous with the city, man. But yeah, we yeah, not honestly we miss it because there's a lot we get a lot of shows here, not just WWE, but we get the ECW arena, which now the 2200 yeah. arena has been reopened and refurbished. It's like nice now. It's like okay. a functioning nice venue. So we we regularly get Ring of Honor, we get Jakara, uh we got CZW out in South Jersey. Monster Factory, which is a great wrestling school out in South Jersey. So we get, there's a lot going on here. We get the NXT shows every now and then at the Tower Theater. So, yeah, we get a lot of shows out here. And it's mostly because of the old ECW arena. So, yeah, it's, even though ECW isn't live, but we still get a lot of stuff out here. Per, periodically, I think I saw like the 20 shows in Philly alone last year, whether it was WWE, Ring of Honor, Chikara, and, you know, various independents and whatnot. So, yeah, it's, it's still fun, man. It's still good to Get to a
1: lot of shows out here in Philly. For the record, I wore an ECW shirt last night watching Raw. just want (laughs) to say that.
0: I did, yeah. I'm sure. You did us (laughs) proud, man. You did us proud. Yeah,
1: man. Um, Vaughn Johnson, thank you, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate you
0: having me on, man.